my patients would come in not really knowing what's wrong, mm-hmm. especially in that first year. And I'm like, huh, well, there's really nothing going on on these labs, but holy moly, woman, like you have no hormones. Yeah. It was that moment. And, and just the, just seeing someone, a, a woman come in and just be like, I don't even know who I am. Yeah. Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, I used to know who I was and mm-hmm. now I don't no idea. Yeah. So that right there, I'm like, oh, no, no, hold on, girl. We got, we can help you. We can yeah. do this. And then seeing it work, mm-hmm. like just seeing the change mm-hmm. in three to six months time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, thank you for just bringing my life back to me. Yeah. That to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to yeah. be totally going to do this. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. On this episode, I am stepping again into the role of interviewee. That's because one of my favorite patients, Kristen Contrell, had asked me onto her own podcast called Moms in Real Estate. Her podcast is all about how busy moms and entrepreneurs can juggle being a mom, having a career, and still trying to take the best care of yourself. As a naturopathic doctor, I know that every part of your life matters when it comes to your health. So in this episode, we are talking about balancing a busy schedule, dealing with stress, dealing with a little bit of mom guilt, and also sharing a lot about my own history, home life, and how I try to still make it work every day. Hey. Hi. I am so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. What a great studio. How fun. I know. You guys all know I love when I have somebody in studio. And not only that, Dr. Chris is my doctor, so it's extra special. (laughs) We're trying. Yes. So I wanted to talk to Dr. Chris about so many things today, but really I want to talk about your journey of like, how did you get to be where you're at today? Mm -hmm. So let's just kind of go back to the beginning and talk through it. Oh, wow. Okay. Back to the beginning. (laughs) I'm just a couple years older than you and probably a lot of your (laughs) listeners, but I would say the beginning started, I think in high school, it was, I'm an eighties girl Mm -hmm. and it was all about aerobics. And so I discovered that and loved it. It's a good transition for a girl that was in cheer, palm, or, you know, the huge, right? So mm-hmm. I discovered that as a form of exercise and I really loved it. I thought this is fun. I wasn't ever a really good team player. Not that I don't like to be in teams, but I'm just mm-hmm. not good at those sports. So I found aerobics and to me, it felt good to be physical and to feel healthy. So at that point, I started to pursue a degree in physical therapy mm-hmm. after high school and um, had a really hard time with physics. Didn't like it. So that made me switch my major to a psychology major and got my master's degree in health psychology at NAU. Nice. Which to me was perfect. Mm -hmm. Mind body. That was always what I was about. And I did have a little inkling that I wanted to be a doctor at some point. Like this is always something I wanted to do. But for some reason, the, the doctoring that I had seen and been involved with just didn't seem right to me. It was always about 
What's the connection between the mind and body? What about prevention? What about just being healthy? What about eating the right food? So I found that in health psychology, that that program. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went and got my first job in health education and really never looked back. I worked for some of the original HMOs and they make sense, keep your people healthy and they cost less, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. So I did that and, and worked a lot in corporate wellness and that's kind of where it all started. Yeah. And then so I know, how long have you been like focused on hormones? Focused on hormones probably came to be when I was in medical school. Okay. So so I, I remember I, I went to medical school and I was 45. Uh-huh. For those of you that don't know, the story yeah. about, you know, I'm going to be 50 when I graduate from medical school. My mom says, you're only going to be 50 anyway. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, hold on. Let's pause on that for a minute because you had, you had kids at home. And you decided, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a doctor now. Yeah. Okay. So what, what was that like really scary? Because I bet it was. Yeah. You know, I had four or yeah. I have four kids. Uh-huh. And at that point, I have a big break between number two and number three, mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, it's very helpful, by the I way. In your family planning, it's helpful. <laughs> yeah. I like it. The bigs take care of the littles uh-huh. and it worked out really great. But so my bigs were, one was in high school, the other had already graduated and the littles were still in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And I had been in health education and corporate wellness for a long time and group fitness. Mm-hmm. And it was great for me when they were growing up because it was really a part-time job, but it was a company that I owned. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was my own career. I could go do corporate wellness classes. I could teach my group fitness classes and my kids. I could still pick them up from school and drive them to school. And I had all that going. I was like, this is great. But they were getting older. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, like I still need, I think I still need the doctor thing. Yeah. Like I still have to do it because it's there's, still in the back there's here, yeah. And there was just, there were ways I couldn't help people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Diet and exercise and behavior, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. but there's other stuff, yeah. you know, there's more to it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I got to figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, luckily I had a really supportive husband who decided to leave mm-hmm. the corporate world at the same time I decided to go to medical school, which was a really interesting combination. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so basically we were early, we were retired for a little bit, living yeah. on our retirement, but it worked out great. And, and one of the interesting questions that people have asked before is like, well, what was your, one of your more prouder moments with mm-hmm. it? And I think it was seeing my two younger kids kind yeah. of blossom, Yeah, you know, cause my, oh, I was there all the time and that's great. And I think some of us moms kind of enable our kids a little bit, Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and they, I wasn't, I mean, for four years straight, yeah. I was at school and I was studying like yeah. weekends were studying mm-hmm. and I still managed to try to get them, pick them up and all that from school, but it was pretty rough. And my youngest she would go to the grocery store with my husband because he didn't know what the heck he was doing. Yeah. Well, I think that that's such a great way to look at it because there are mm-hmm. so many people that can really go down like a dark hole of feeling bad about it. But really, you're giving your kids the like ability to be independent and to go to the store and help grocery shop at a young yes. age. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And you know what? They they were proud. Yeah. They were very proud. And they, they were able to see at a developmentally appropriate age, what it's like to have a goal and go for it and work hard at it. Well, watching you do that is, (laughs) would be so awesome. So did you have mom guilt during that time? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Thank God I had a really great carpool. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. And it was terrible because I will never forget my son was in a, was playing football at the uh-huh. time, high school football, and he was a freshman mm-hmm. and it was a big game. And I decided I was going to not be at clinic that day <laughs> mm-hmm. because 
I needed to go see my kid play football. You yeah. know, I need to do this. And wow, I got docked so hard for oh getting, you know, writing my excuse, telling him I wasn't going to be there. And he was like, the professor like, doesn't matter. You're unexcused, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, since when is going to watch one of your kids yeah. a non-excused absence? Mm-hmm. Oh, I could have been sick and faked it. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh. So talk about mama bear situation right there. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't really an example of guilt, but that was an example of like, okay, I'm sorry. My kids and my family can first. Yeah. I mean, I love being a doctor. And what's wrong with that? I yeah. know. Like, I know. He, like, obviously that doc did not have kids and he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he definitely didn't have kids. Or even if he did, he just did not understand where you're coming from, which is also sad. I think I had most of my guilt on the weekends. Yeah. I mean, we were just chatting about that, mm-hmm. but I think most of my guilt came from, I mean, I'd literally have to spend all day Saturday studying and I couldn't do it at yeah. home because I would be interrupted. So yeah. I was gone a lot. Mm-hmm. That was the worst part. Yeah. And do you feel like your kids were affected by it now looking back? Not negatively. Yeah. No. I mean, you can ask them if you want, I'll give yeah. you their information, but I, no, nah, I don't well, think I so. think sometimes it's like, it's, I think it's, I think that the good outweighs the bad with how you set it up to where it's mm-hmm. like they were looking at it, like them building that independence and seeing you work towards something that you wanted to at 45, I think is going to stick with them forever. I think so. I definitely think it will. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me like going, you know, once you graduated and now you're a doctor, what did that look like? Well, I think that graduation itself was really amazing, having yeah. my whole family there and the pictures, and they threw me a ginormous party, and they did it all themselves, and my husband and my kids, and it was it was super great. Mm-hmm. Transitioning from being in school to then having a career now that was pretty not flexible. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, they all grew up with me in a career that was flexible. I yeah. made it that way. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in a in a career that's not flexible. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think there was more pain in that yeah. <laughs> for them sometimes mm-hmm. than it was in when I was in school. Now, granted, that was four full years. So now my littles are now in high school mm-hmm. and my bigs are completely out. Yeah. Um, so that was helpful. And they were driving, which mm-hmm. is ginormous. Yeah. So that was helpful too, but they still need you a lot when they're in high school. Yeah. So I think that was really the harder part as mm-hmm. I transitioned into um, having to be responsible for patients and being someplace on time and being some, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all of that, which is a little bit different than when you have your own company and your own part-time career kind of thing. Yeah. So I think that was really difficult actually. How did you, yeah, I bet that was difficult. Mm-hmm. How did you like land and doing what you're doing right now? Like, was it like autumn, like you knew you were going in to get out to do what you're doing now? Well, I knew I was going in to be a naturopathic physician. So I knew I was going in to, you know, first do no harm, prevention first, you know, doctors, teacher, those are some of the tenets of naturopathic medicine. So I truly believe that. Yeah. I didn't know exactly what my practice would look like when I came out. Okay. Um, when I went in, the funny thing is you go to medical school when you're 45 and everybody else with you is between the ages of 28 and 32. Yeah. None of them ever had kids or saw a kid or yeah. held a baby. Uh-huh. So for the most of the time when I was in medical school, I was a lot of the time focused on kids. Like yeah. I did a lot of pediatric rotations. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of work in pediatrics. And so <clears throat> I kind of thought I was going to come out and basically do family medicine. Yeah. Um, and I did my first year year, I did all family medicine, a lot of acute care, and I liked it a lot. But think of where I'm at. I'm now 50, 51, 50, and I'm like, 
oh, oh, I'm changing. Oh, yeah. oh, everybody's changing. This is a problem. Yeah. And I, of course, love women's medicine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always been a big advocate for women, girls, mm-hmm. you know. We're cool. Totally, we are. <laughs> we are all <laughs> unique species. So I thought, wow, we need to figure out more about this. And the minute I started doing more endocrinology, I was just done. I just loved it. And yeah. that's kind of how I found my path. Was there like an aha moment where you're like, I, there, like maybe you're hearing women complain constantly or like, was there some moment where you're like, hey, that's who I'm going to help? I think that probably the first few women that came to see me about just something random, whether it's, you know, they were sick or they had mm-hmm. something acutely going on or they were just tired. Most yeah. of the time, my patients would come in not really knowing what's wrong, mm-hmm. especially in that first year. And I'm like, huh, well, there's really nothing going on on these labs, but holy moly, woman, like you have no hormones. Yeah, It was that moment. And, and just the, just seeing someone, a, a woman come in and just be like, I don't even know who I am. Yeah. Like who am I? Mm -hmm. Like I used to know who I was and Mm -hmm. now I don't no idea. So that right there, I'm like, oh no, no, hold on girl. We got, we can help you. We can do this. And then seeing it work, Mm -hmm. like just seeing the change Mm -hmm. in three to six months time. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, thank you for just bringing my life back to me. Yeah. That to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to yeah. be totally going to do this. I mean, that just gives you such a great like drive to do what you're doing. I, I love that. And I think that probably 99.9% of the moms in real estate listening, <laughs> like they are tired. They are probably mm-hmm. lost. They probably struggle with all the things that your patients struggle with. What would you say the number one, if not, if it's not ty- being tired, but the one of the top things that people come into you for? Well, at this point, because I've set myself up the way I have, mm-hmm. it it usually is hormonal imbalance because uh, luckily, because of the education that hopefully I and other physicians in my field do, people understand now what mm-hmm. that means and what that looks like. But a lot of times they'll come in just because they're just like, I'm, I'm tired. That's probably number one. Yeah. I'm tired. I've gained these 10 pounds. I don't know where they came from. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm not sleeping and I used to always sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd say the fourth one is just like, I'm not nice anymore. Mm. And I used to be kind of nice and I'm not nice at all. Yeah. (laughs) Like I yell at everybody and all the time. Yeah. And even if you aren't at a point where you're even perimenopausal, even younger women will notice a change in their adrenal fatigue. They'll have adrenal fatigue or, you know what I mean? It's just too much stress. Your body cannot take that. Yeah. It can't take it. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to get tired because your body's going to be like, look, girl, you got to just rest. Yeah. (laughs) I'm done in this body. Do you find that like a lot of, you know, female entrepreneurs that they – they not only like, they don't listen to it, right? So they mm-hmm. just go way past when the body says, okay, I'm tired. And then how far past do people usually take it? I would say people will take it until they are crashing. Yeah, Crashing means you can't eat, you can't sleep, and you can't have fun. You don't want to have sex with your husband. You yeah. don't want to do anything. Like mm-hmm. even hanging with your kids is no longer fun. Because you're just so tired. Like, and yeah. yeah. You're just exhausted. Or it's even more vain than that. And and I don't mean that in a bad way because I'm just as vain as the next girl is. Yeah. But your hair is falling out and mm-hmm. you're gained weight and you don't even look the same in the mirror. 
yeah, that's definitely hitting a wall too. Yeah, that happens. I know. I hear about it all the time now. Mm-hmm. I swear, it's like the more I talk about my issues, the more I hear about everyone else's issues, and I'm like, we're all a hot mess out here. I know. Well, <laughs> and I think a little bit of it is, I mean, and people can eat me if they want, but it's society. Yeah, because we. Oh, we can have it all. Yay, we can yeah. have it all. Oh, and you have to have it all. Yeah. Or you're no good. Like yep. you have to have all these sales. You have to be financially successful. You mm-hmm. have to have the perfect children. They're, your children have to be in 16 sports and activities. Oh and they gosh. have to excel at school. And you have to have cute dogs and a cute house and a great mm-hmm. car. You have to have all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we need to begin to let go of that because there is literally no way in, on this planet we can all do that. It's so true. I talk about that all the time, especially for mm-hmm. in the real estate industry is just that we're constantly, it's like such a hustle culture mm-hmm. and you're constantly just like put up on these like measurement boards where it's like, here's your sales, here's the number of yeah. homes you've sold. And I'm like, that's not like healthy. Mm-mm. Not everyone should see all this all the time. We shouldn't <laughs> constantly talk. It's not like you go and you're like, Hey, I saw this many patients this month. Like no, why do we do that in real estate? I don't, it just bothers me. Well, I think that unfortunately for us in our society, we require measurement tools mm-hmm. and those objective measurement tools, depending on where we are. Yeah. Most of them are financially equated. Yeah, and totally. In that case, it's homes and how much commission you've made. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a, I think it is such a struggle. And I, I find myself where it's like you get one project, like even almost done and you're like, Hey, what's next? What's next? What's yeah. next? And it's true. Like when you realize you can have it all and you then all of a sudden like really dive into that, there's so many things you can do and it can get exciting, but it can also be what like makes you crash. Exactly. Yeah. Because the more stuff you have, you know, again, we equate the more stuff we do to our self-worth. Yeah. And it honestly used to be the men in our society that that's how they were. Yeah. They would get laid off or their self-esteem was all wrapped up in their work. Yeah. Well, it's an easy way. It's easy to get there because mm-hmm. we, we so all easy. are there now. Yeah. You know, our self-esteem is not only as women, I think, wrapped up in our work, but it's it's still wrapped up in our kids and wrapped up in our home and wrapped up in everything, our relationships. Yeah. We, our relationships are still really important to us too. Mm-hmm. And when we're working so hard and trying to meet those objective numbers, then we let our relationships go. Yeah. And well, you have, good. we talk a lot about like mom guilt, obviously, but mm-hmm. then the business guilt. So yeah. like we're spending time with our kids like we should. And then we're like, oh my gosh, I have this checklist. It's like never ending. And I have to be doing this, this, this. And it makes your time with your kids not where you're not present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hard. Struggle is real. So what do you recommend if somebody is feeling super tired and agitated and all the things that we just described? (laughs) Well, I would say that depending on without knowing, let's say I don't have any idea where they are physiologically. Mm -hmm. Like, in other words, I have no labs on these people. Well, obviously we have to slow down, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we slow down? Like, Mm -hmm. how do we, how do we make life, take our life and then create those priorities so that we can slow down a little bit? Breathing is probably the easiest thing to do, right? It's the easiest but hardest thing to do. I know. And it is so funny, but remember my roots are in health education and, and it was you know, my first job, I had my first job in what, 1990 as a health educator. Mm -hmm. And we would teach stress management classes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here I am a 22 year old or whatever, teaching stress management. I probably thought I knew it all. Now Mm -hmm. I think about that and go, oh my God, these people probably looked at me and thought I was (laughs) whacked. But it's true. 
I would teach, you know, you get to a stoplight, you take four deep breaths, you know, um, you put stickies on your computer, take yeah. deep. Now our watches do that for us and we laugh at them, but it's true. Yeah. You can time that. Mm -hmm. And anytime you take a deep breath, it switches off your sympathetic nervous system and turns on your parasympathetic nervous system. So I teach people a lot about if you're, if you're running, I just had this conversation this morning. I'm like, you have a patient. I'm like, your motor is running behind you. In other words, it's like you're driving your car, your body, your life down the road in like third gear. Mm -hmm. You know, it happens to put a car in third and then yeah. you drive, you know, 80 miles an hour on the freeway. It's uh -huh. not going to be good. Uh -huh. And how long is the engine going to last? Mm -hmm. Not very long. Right. Yeah. So when you get that rev going, mm -hmm. you have to find a way to first identify the rev. Mm -hmm. I mean, Am I putting myself out there too? Is there too much going on? Mm -hmm. How to pull the rev down by either eliminating some of the things that aren't important or slowing down the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic with breath work. Yeah. Exercise that isn't kill ya exercise. <laughs> I don't want to mention brand names, but yeah. there's definitely places out there you can go that will take you down. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, I know me and you have talked about this before and it's, it's so hard because I, I love those type of workouts. Yeah. I love running and challenging myself. And I know that I, every time I do it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so good for me mentally, but mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's good for my body. So what do you like? Tell us more about that. I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I say there's a happy medium. Uh -huh. So, you know, my happy medium is I love going to a cycle class my friend mm -hmm. teaches. And it's hard. Like, I it's love hard. Those my, my, yeah. Like, it's 45 minutes of hard. Yeah. It is. And I'm a junkie as well. Mm -hmm. Been an exercise junkie, like I said, mm -hmm. since my, I was certified to teach aerobics in 1988. Mm -hmm. That's when I started teaching aerobics. So I've been a junkie. I can for, totally see you. <laughs> I like need a picture. Wow, you do. The leg warmers, <laughs> the, the, the butt floss. Oh, yeah. The yeah, big hair. The butt floss. Yeah. The belts. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing. Okay. Um, I had it all. But it it's you become a junkie to that. You love that adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. But the adrenaline is the exact same thing. It's causing you to have too much cortisol mm -hmm. or not enough cortisol because you burnt through it. So pick it two days a week. Go mm -hmm. hard. Enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Love it. The rest of the time, pick a couple weeks when you're doing modified cardio at, or a couple days when you're doing modified cardio and a, several days where you're doing full body. And full body means, I don't know, body pump classes that they still offer that kind of a class, bar yeah. three classes. Um, even yoga classes or any of those classes that are programs or online, it doesn't matter. They're everywhere mm -hmm. where you're using some weight where it's top to bottom, the whole functional core. But do your, come on, man, do your hardcore a couple times a week and love it, but don't do it every day. Yeah. I actually found myself because I have a breath work coach now that I do. Like she gives me breath work, like exercises mm -hmm. to do. I think it'd be awesome if you told everyone, like if somebody's like, I don't even know what that means. Like, give us a oh, yeah. breath work tool. Like, what if I have no clue what, what we're talking about? Tell me what I would do. Close your eyes mm -hmm. and make a cube with your breath. So as you inhale, mm -hmm. count to four. That's your long line. Okay. Inhale for four. Exhale for four. Mm -hmm. Inhale for four. And exhale for four. You've just made a cube. And that's your one cycle. Yeah. So if you do that in your mind while you're resting, you can probably get through I mean, three, four, five, six cubes in a minute or two. Yeah. And all, right there, you've slowed everything down. Yeah. I've been doing these every time I get worked up and it definitely like calms me down. 
I can tell people just put your shoulder, just let go of your shoulders. Yeah. Just drop your shoulders. Yeah. And all of a sudden your whole body just goes, okay. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't even know my shoulders were up I know, here. You didn't even know you were doing this, but yeah. you do this all day long, which is why we have headaches and mm-hmm. pain in our shoulders. We end up with a lot of shoulder injuries as we age because all those muscles and the tendons and just everything that was cartilage, everything in there has just been like this. Yeah. For the last, you know, whatever, 40, 50 years. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I've also been having my kids do it with me. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. I was like, I gosh, if it. I had these tools when I was that age, I would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing too is breath work is interesting is laughing. Mm-hmm. So laughing is natural breath work. Okay. Hardcore laughing. Yeah. Because when you're really laughing, mm-hmm. you can feel your abdominals work. That's, yeah. You know, that's the other thing with breath work is we have taught ourselves how to hold our belly in because it doesn't look good to have a belly out, right? Yeah. But the belly breathing is the breathing that we need to do. Yeah. So you have to relax through your core and feel that abdominal rise, that belly rise, uh-huh. and then the lungs rise. Okay. And then as you exhale, the lungs come down and then the belly goes in. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a three-part yoga breath that we use when we're when we're doing yoga too. Mm-hmm. So it's the thought process of raising the belly and then raising the lungs and then releasing the the lungs and releasing the belly. Yeah. I mean, if you sit, if you watch a baby breathe, all you ever see is their tummy rise and lower. Yeah. That's all you see. Yeah. Because that's how we really should be breathing. Yeah. Wow. I never thought about that. Yeah. Okay. So you are so high in demand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, I'm listening to you say, okay, well, if you're, you know, feeling empty and you're feeling tired and all these things, mm-hmm. you've got to look at your schedule and like, you got to slow down. How do you slow down? Because if somebody wants to see you and it's, you know, you've got a lot of people that want to see you, you have mm-hmm. a lot of people that want your attention. How are you handling all that? That's always a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, I always I always make time for my exercise. And like I said, I only have two days that are my hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually, sh- I shut it down. Mm-hmm. Like at night, I shut it down. Like mm-hmm. I, I probably get home between 6 and 6.30, which means I'm in the office at least an hour after my patients leave, mm-hmm. catching up on things. But after that, I'm done. Like I would say after 7, I am doing whatever I do. We, wa- we love to watch shows together, my husband and I, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, we go out with friends or we go for a walk, whatever it is. We, that's how I dial it down. And then the weekends, we travel a lot now. We never used to be able to because when that's you have so nice. little kids and you couldn't, but we can now. So I would say that's kind of how I like to. And the other thing is that I bring in, I do things that I love. We mm-hmm. all love everything, right? Yeah. It's hard to make a choice. Yeah. But I mean, I love the podcast. I love doing my podcast. I mm-hmm. love doing my little snippets of information that I can offer to people and teaching and things like that. So I just do the things I love too. Yeah. Sometimes some of the creative stuff that I do, I'm like, I, I like this. Like I, I read something where I was like, you need to like, you know, have a creative outlet, like drawing mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm like, I actually love the process of like building rooms and that is creative. It almost yeah. feels like as if I was drawing. So yeah. sometimes my work is therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very stressful. It just yeah. depends which part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I like that. So then what for you, what would you say your biggest struggle is when you are high in demand and busy? Like, do you have trouble letting go of control of anything or like bringing in help? Like, what do you struggle with? Yeah, I would say it's hard. It's a little difficult to bring in help for my job. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's hard. That's the thing when you are the product. Yeah. It's rough. Mm -hmm. You know, it it, it is hard. Yeah. Because like you said, I do have a long wait list and 
I wish I had more of myself. Yeah. That'd be great. But you don't. Yep. And it is hard in my field. I think my biggest struggle is when I'm here talking to you, I will, and you're, if you were my patient and we were mm-hmm. in a patient conversation, I'm very focused on you and I have a tendency, you will absorb the energy. It's exhausting yeah. to talk all day long to yeah. different people because you absorb what's going on with them yeah. and you really want to be focused. And I think I'm pretty good at that, but it took me a while to learn how to let go of that. Yeah. Like I don't need that. I love to be there for you, but when I walk away, I have to let you take your stuff with you. Yeah. Not keep your stuff. Yeah. And I'd say the first couple of years of being in practice, that was insanely difficult. I would imagine with. that would be really hard. Yeah. And now every now and then I will definitely get wrapped up in that. And I can tell when I'm doing it. Yeah. Because it's just like I go home and I'm like, um, yeah, I can't talk to anybody right now. I know. <laughs> no talking. <laughs> I know. That's My rough. husband's been so busy at work the last like week. He's been slow for, I feel like, months. And he came home and he was like, I'm just so mentally exhausted. I can't talk. And I'm like, I feel like that all the time. I know. Like, welcome to my world. I know. I'm like, I back to back Zooms all day long sometimes. I'm like, I just get home. I'm like, I can't, I can't talk. Can't talk. Yeah. And you know what? On those days, you, I, you know, you don't talk. Like, yeah. those are the days you have to go, okay, it's time to breathe. Yeah. And it's time to take a minute. And I do need to step away. Mm-hmm. I think forcing yourself through that time, that's, I think, where we get in trouble. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've been using this thing called Magic Mind. I've okay. been taking Good this name. shot every morning. And I like it, but I want to know your opinion. I want you, as a doctor, to read the ingredients and tell me what you think. I would love to tell you. So the, the best thing about doing what I do is that I know what ingredients should be in particular things. Okay. So first of all, it depends on how much of each of these things is in here. Okay. So, and most of the time on this and as is on this, it'll just say proprietary blend and it won't necessarily tell you that. So in that case, we have to just go, okay, well, we don't know exactly how much, but we do know, maybe we'll know what's in it is good for you. Okay. Okay. So that's the first caveat. So there's that. So, it is said that there is phosphatidylserine, choline, bacopa, and lion's mane, which is a mushroom. So those are all very good cognitive ingredients. Mm-hmm. Phosphatidylserine and choline, those are citrocholine. Those are going to be biochemicals that more that are good for you. Mm-hmm. The bacopa and the lion's mane mushroom, those are obviously herbs. I love lion's mane, by the way. It's one of my most favorites. Really? Bacopa's good. You just need to do it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I love lion's mane. I do that every morning. Energy. Matcha always has, will give you energy because there's a little bit of caffeine in matcha. Mm-hmm. Cordyceps is another mushroom. Love cordyceps. Rhodiola is um, for the adrenal glands and it is a stimulating adrenal. Mm-hmm. So that will be stimulating. And anytime you do B vitamins, you're going to be stimulated. So this is entitled correctly for energy. And those all give you energy. And then finally, for stress, it says uh, ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen. If you are stressed and you take ashwagandha, it will either give you more energy or less energy. It'll Mm kind of um, get things balanced for you. L-theanine is very relaxing for your brain. Turmeric is anti-inflammatory. And echinacea is super good for your immune system. So... Yes, these have re- there's really good ingredients in here. Mm-hmm. The other thing you always want to look at when you're evaluating something is what is not active. Mm-hmm. So it'll always be listed under ingredients um, because in- that is going to be the first ingredient is green tea. And then I believe it's water. And I do think it's agave, o- organic agave. 
So, you know, you figure if you've got water, organic, some green tea, so you're getting probably about this much if it's going to be active ingredients. Okay. So there's a lot worse things you could do mm -hmm. in the morning. And I would say at least from what I see here, those are good ingredients. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is I do believe it said on here that, all, that it was organically sourced. So anytime you're going to take something this concentrated, you want to yeah. make sure it's organically sourced because it okay. can have its own toxins. So I don't know. I'd try it. Does it taste yeah. good? Try it. Can you try it? Yeah. yeah. Go. You want me to try it right now? Yeah, absolutely. All right. This will Shake be it. Because it has, does it have a strong matcha flavor? Yeah, it, it actually tastes really good. Matcha, because matcha is pretty green, pretty grassy. Yeah. Ooh, that's yummy. Uh-huh. Pretty yummy. Yeah. I like it. I know. Do you feel stimulated at all after you drink it? No. Okay. Um, But I do, and I, this is also one of those things where I'm like, am I just like in my own mind where I feel like. <laughs> I'm more awake. Am I more aware? And that's how I felt when I was taking it every day. I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, I put something in my coffee that has lion's mane um, and it also has um, stevia, which believe it or not, is actually good for your body. Mm -hmm. um, and it has, oh my gosh, what's the other thing? It's cordyceps as well. So I put that in my coffee every morning. People are like, well, can you feel that? I'm like, I don't know, but I like it and it yeah. might be making a difference. I know. That's how I feel about it. But everything. it's not going to hurt you. And I'm going to go with a yes on that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I have had so much fun hearing your journey and everything about you. Thanks. If somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way? You can follow me on Instagram. Okay. And that's just at Dr. Chris Wallace. Super simple. Chris with a K. I do have my podcast, which is Get Personal with Dr. Chris, D-R-K-R-I-S. Awesome. And then otherwise, you know, on my Instagram, you can find how to get a hold of me at my office. Mm -hmm. And you can certainly book appointments with me at my office, too. It's pretty easy to find. I'm at Desert Wellness Center in Tempe. Yeah, it's definitely worth booking an appointment. Mm. Get on her books. Even <laughs> even if you don't have anything wrong. I just told my mom, I'm like, I know you have nothing wrong, but just get on her books. And she did. Yeah. She's all excited. I mean, I tell people, you'll have to wait. You might have to wait a couple of months. Yeah. Um, I try not to take too many new patients at a time. That's why you have to wait. Yeah. Because if I get too many new patients, then I can't keep up with you all. Totally. And I want to keep up. Yeah. So, which is my other thing that I do wrong that makes me crazy is when I can't keep up. That's yeah. terrible. That is actually my worst stressor. But so that's why I spread, spread you out. So just wait and yeah. I'll see you when I see you. Okay. What do you have coming up that people should get excited about? Well, maybe I'll be at the Flourish event. No, you will be. What do you mean, maybe? <laughs> yeah, we'll be at the Flourish event talking yes. about sex, libido, and relationships, which is, which is always exciting. Yes, that's going to be so I good. Know. And she's on a panel this time, so it'll be a whole health and wellness panel. So mm -hmm. if you guys haven't gotten your tickets, it's theflourishevent.com, and you have to. And also, she is putting together her own retreats, mm -hmm. which will be all centered around health and wellness. So you will want to follow her because you're going to want to go. Yes, you will. Yeah. It'll be in the spring. I'll be there. Yeah. And we can hang out too. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks.